Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Around that grass will grow back as the winter ride kind of burns on out. Callahan's General Store, 501 Bastrop Highway, online at Callahan'sGeneralStore.com. And hey, make it a Callahan's day. Iron Workers Local 482, headquartered right here in Austin, has been building Central Texas since 1935. You've seen their skilled craftsmanship every day as you drive around Central Texas. Like the Pennybacker Bridge or Darrell K. Royal Texas Memorial Stadium, if it was built to last, it was built by the craftsmen of Iron Workers 482 who are looking to hire iron and steel workers, and they'll train you at their expense. Be part of Austin's economic development with a secure future and incredible benefits, ironworkers482.org. Hi, I'm Jenny Covert at Covert Chevrolet in Bastrop. The Coverts offer you more, like six GM service locations, free delivery anywhere in Texas, highly qualified GM service technicians, and the best of the best in customer sales and service. For 114 years and six generations, we've been family owned and operated. We prove it every day. We want to be your car dealer. Covert Chevrolet, Highway 71 in Bastrop, or online at covertbastrop.com. Find new roads. Like your favorite sport, business is about winning. Championship decisions are business decisions based on what it takes to help your company come out on top. And that's why your business needs UBO Business Services every day, making sure you win by streamlining your workflow and allowing you to better communicate within your organization and with your customers. Make your championship decision with UBO Business Services. Visit them right now at ubeo.com. UBO, great people, great service, endless possibilities. You're listening to KTAEAM Elgin, K270CO Round Rock. We are the Horn. The Horn. Guests on the Horn appear courtesy of the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Vaqueros now delivers and offers curbside pickup. For info on placing your lunch or dinner order, visit vaqueroscafe.com. Okay, we're all in take five. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Bring the strong on a Thursday, it's National Margarita Day, National Chili Day, so you know we're having good debates there. Also, a lot of thoughts coming in on the uh, potential Major League Baseball team to Central Texas. It says Austin Gringos, like that. Austin Grackles. Nice. Um, it says, uh, y'all crazy running with this baseball story. Why not put a team in Puerto Rico? We're not running with this. It's a lead story at ESPN.com, yeah. written by their lead baseball writer, Jeff Passan. We don't make it up. No, that's not just out of the blue. There's, uh, and I'll say this about that, Rod. If Major League Baseball never ends up in Austin or Central Texas, it won't be Major League Baseball's fault. They, they want it here. The question yes, is, do. does this market want it? And do the political leaders of this area, can they make it happen? Or do they want to make it happen? Do they have, is there a lead 
you know, tip of the spear to make it happen. Um, yeah. That's the question. Because if, if they can organize that, uh, if I, I always say Nolan Ryan, Reed Ryan, and the Ryan family, if they could organize this, get the, get the ducks in a row, baseball would jump to be here. Uh, yeah. We, I mean, the, the population booms in these areas, I talked about it, that Texas Triangle, I mean, 75% of the population of the state of Texas lives within that Texas Triangle, that Dallas, San Antonio, Houston, and then you got Austin in the middle there. Uh, that's, that's most of your population. In Houston and Dallas, they have their baseball teams. We still got two major cities, Houston, Austin and San Antonio, that do not have a major league baseball team to represent that area. And they want to. They want to. This is and this is going to be, I think, the challenge for them because right? I really do. They think they they can get a team here. And I, Austin has enough of a affluent uh, business culture, and they got corporations, five Fortune 500 companies. They got billionaires here. There's enough money in Austin to support a major league baseball team, but they want access to both populations. The Austin, uh, obviously Austin City, and they want San Antonio as well. And how do you do that? Yeah. How do you bridge that gap? They are not in metro area just yet, but they want to treat it like one. Agreed. They treat, Agreed. Want to treat it like one big metro area. They can they can solve that. Oh, man. And, and as you it's talk about in college football, Rod, better. having a sugar daddy right in the NIL space, you need a sugar daddy, somebody that leads this charge. That is true. That's and a great it's, point. It's that would help. Yeah, that you know, those would. Those billionaires should make this their cause kind of thing. Yeah, that would help. Yeah. Uh, and and you know, because, again, the model's built right up in the Metroplex where you have two major metros in Dallas and Fort Worth, and Arlington's right in the middle, mm-hmm. and they've succeeded. Yep. And you also have a pretty baseball-crazy state right now with the Astros and their success the last six or seven years, and the Rangers just won the World Series. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we know baseball is, you know, college baseball in this state, you know, youth baseball. Um, That's a great point, And though. to your point about the population base, that project that out ten more years. Population's only growing in this, in this corridor. So, you know, again, baseball will jump at it. Can somebody organize it here in Central Texas to make it happen and fight through the red tape and the, the politics of it? Yeah. And the funding and who pays for it and all that. Look, I mean, I, I was doing doing the morning show, Rod, when uh, Coda was coming online and who was going to build this huge racetrack uh, out off of uh, this new tollway. Um, you know, there were a lot of roadblocks, but um, Bobby Epstein was the sugar daddy. There Bobby Epstein ran, made it happen. Because uh, you, you need somebody down at the state house, right? You need somebody lobbying at the Capitol. You need someone who really wants it to happen, that's got some deep pockets and friends with deep pockets. That's exactly And right. then it can happen. I just, I just don't know if that's going to be the case. But, uh, you know, look, there's a – like I, I know think, – think about the latest professional sports team that's come online in Austin. It's the Austin Gamblers, the bull riding team. Yep. Our friend J.J. Gotch, who used to be with the Round Rock Express, and the Ryan Sanders baseball group. He is the head of that. He's the president of that, that Austin Gamblers. Well, who's one of the co-owners now? Michael Dell. Michael Dell is now the co-owner of the Austin Gamblers. Right. Um, there's also another billionaire uh, hedge fund guy who's the co-owner. I mean, there's a lot of money in Austin, Texas. We don't doubt that. Uh, so, but it's really somebody has to organize it. Someone has to make that happen. Major League Baseball would jump to expand to Centex. Yeah, like I said, I, I, I think it's pluses all around. The only challenge, at least not the only challenge, the biggest challenge will be how do we bridge that cultural uh, that cultural community gap between San Antonio and Austin. Yeah. Because there is one, right? I mean, sure. That we, we know that because we live here. Yeah, how do you build a team with a model that will cater to both? Yes. Because yeah, you yeah. want both. Because you, yeah, exactly. You want both. But those two communities are very different. They be, are. If, if they be, if be something else altogether, if they, those communities are very similar, but Austin and San Antonio are, you, you've been in those cities, whether you've lived in both of those cities very or different. visited, they are just very different. And, 
yeah, how do you build a brand that caters to both? Now, hell, man, study, study the Longhorns. Study the Cowboys. Because the Cowboys have been able to do that. They, that's what the Cowboys have reached into San Antonio, right? Built some bridges. A lot of uh, probably more cow. It's way more Cowboys fans in San Antonio than there are Texans fans. Um, the Longhorns have been able to bridge some of those well, see, gaps and, and divides. When I say there's more questions than answers on this rod, study that. You're right about that. But look, when it, once you, if you had a sugar daddy who wanted it to happen, let's just say that, right? You had a a lead person that's got a lot of money mm-hmm. and a lot of influence. Um, then that person would be going. You know, to, to City Hall and in these little in these municipalities, saying who's playing ball? Like, will San Marcos play ball? Will New Braunfels play ball? Yeah. Uh, would 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 somebody in Butte, Kyle play ball? Hmm. Uh, meaning, hey, let's get this thing. Let's let's. And then, of course, you would start down at Austin in, in, in City Hall in Austin, um, and town in San Antonio. But you've got to find a, a community that's really willing to do this. And then it, then there's some reality to it. And then you know, is there an Ar- an Arlington out there um, between the two that would I like that? That would. Uh, That's like a community that will say, you know what, we'll embrace we'll it. We'll embrace we, it. Our future, we see the future of our community being tied to this brand. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. We'll give you tact. We'll, we'll try to make it as, poli- we'll, we'll li- give you as much political support, you know what I mean, as we can as a, as a city or a town. And San Marcos right. is the logical because it's right between the two. And it's, yeah. it, it's, it is already San Marcos in general is embracing itself as the, you know the, the the middle middle point between these two growing behemoth populations. Yeah. Uh, I know my friend Ty Harrington, uh, the longtime Texas State coach. He's he left baseball coaching to get involved in in you know real estate development yeah. along that corridor. And Braunfels into San into uh, tech, into San Marcos. He understands it, the growth that's coming, uh, and the opportunity there. Which, but again, it's going to take a lead dog and a couple lead dogs who want to do it. It's interesting. And then who you know go fight for it at City Hall, go fight for it at the state capitol. Uh, when it comes time. And, again, the, the timeline, if you're just tuning in, as Jeff Passan says, is Rob Manfred wants two new teams in Major League Baseball by the time he retires in 2029. They want to go from 30 to 32. Yeah, he's, and by the way, he's, he's trying to cement his legacy. And he's already done a great job with the rule changes to modernize the game. That was a overwhelming success. And I think he's, he's talking about expansion yeah. uh, for baseball, and it'll be part of Matt, Rob Manfred's legacy. I know y'all have been hating on Rob Manfred for a while, but you got to admit, Fans yeah. just hate on commissioners, though. That's just their that job. That is just part of it. But That's got, part yeah. of their duty. I mean, he, his, his legacy might end up looking pretty good in 20, 30 years from now. Yeah. But, what he did for baseball. You no, know, because we talk about college football, golf, and baseball being the slowest to, to evolve. He forced them to evolve. He did. He took all the heat he about the pitch table clocks yeah. and uh, shift yeah. rules and bases being all the things that they – and whatever, it was unanimously approved. It was, it it worked, was great. And it worked out. Everybody yeah. loves it. Uh, except for the beer vendors, because the games were going faster. Uh, they weren't selling true. as much cold beer. Uh, okay, <laughs> everybody can't win. Yeah, everybody but, can't win. Uh, yeah, but the fans, but, I think. But for to the, the point, to, if there is a timeline on it, it's 2024, 2029. He retires. They want two teams in place. If there's not someone willing to take the lead on it, and or Vegas play ball, is already considered one of them teams. No, Vegas, Oakland's a trend. They're so moving. They're, this is aside they're from one the Vegas. This yeah. is aside from the These Vegas. These are two team. brand new teams. So they like when they brought Vegas on, is going to have them regardless. Okay. Yeah, when the Florida Marlins and Tampa Rays came online okay. uh, in that when it went from twenty-eight right. to thirty. I got you. They're going to thirty-two, and so if Austin and somebody Centex doesn't play ball, their cat. I mean Charlotte, Charlotte, and according to Jeff Passon, Charlotte and Austin, San Antonio are the two top choices. Okay, but there are other choices. I mean, somebody mentioned Mexico City. Mexico City would be a great call. I mean, you've expanded into Canada. Mm. Why couldn't you play in Mexico City? They're That's a baseball crazy country yeah. and city. Not bad. Um, you know, Mexico City would be an option. But it's really who's gonna who's gonna go after it. 
Like, right. Yeah, like you said, who's going to play ball? Yeah. <laughs> and who's going to be the sugar daddy to make it uh, make the push? I've always argued for the Ryan family because they're so respected in the game of baseball. And, you know, Nolan Ryan was one time the owner of the Texas Rangers. You're right about and that. And knows a lot of rich oil people and cattle people and himself. Them, and Them the sugar daddies you need. Yeah, and That's... he's got a, happens to have sons that have run baseball organizations and long, uh, know what they're doing. Yeah, long, deep pockets, man. That and, it helps. And know a lot of people along this corridor. Hey, can we uh, get to your headlines, top stories outside of uh, MLB? But there's a lot of football, too. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring you the top stories of a Thursday. Starts with college football in just one day. After voting unanimously to approve a 12-team college football playoff for the 2024-2025 seasons, the idea of a 14-team college football playoff starting in 2026 was discussed at the ongoing CFP meetings in Dallas yesterday. CFP Executive Director Bill Hancock acknowledged the idea was discussed but declined to provide specific details, saying there's still work to be done. The CFP Management Committee, which is made up of the FBS commissioners and the Notre Dame Athletic Director, are pushing to finalize a deal to consummate a television contract for the next eight years. Three lingering issues remain, access, distribution of money, and governance. Hancock said the issues need to be resolved within the next month. Texas football, just one season. Away from, after away from the 40 acres, Chris Gilbert is coming back to Texas as a member of Steve Sarkeesian's support staff. Program announced late yesterday that their former director of high school relations will return to serve as a special assistant to head coach Steve Sarkeesian. Gilbert left Texas after 2022 to accept an on-field position as a tight ends coach under North Texas head coach Eric Morris. Longhorns will open up spring practice on March 19th. Rod will have more on that hire coming up in behind the BOC. Texas basketball, fifth-ranked Texas women ran their win streak to seven with a 77-72 win over Texas Tech last night at Moody Center. Uh, Amina Muhammad and Taylor Jones combined to score 35. Win keeps the Longhorns in second place in a tie with Kansas State at 12-3 in the Big 12. Their game back of first place, Oklahoma, with three regular season games to go. One of those is at Oklahoma next week. That'll be a fairly big game. After spending the first uh, two weeks of the season on the road, that second-ranked Texas softball team, Red Hot, they came back and played their home opener last night at McCombs Field and promptly posted their fifth run rule victory in their first eight games. They pounded Houston Christian last night 14-1. to Eight no Longhorns will now host the Lone Star Invitational Tournament this weekend. will feature Louisiana, Colorado State, and 12th ranked Stanford. Uh, after their six-day All-Star break, NBA action returns tonight with a full slate, including the Texas Trio. Mavericks will host Phoenix. Houston is in New Orleans. Spurs continue their rodeo road trip in Sacramento. And the 2024 Major League Soccer season, MLS, opened last night in South Florida. Lionel Messi helped set up a pair of goals to lead Inter-Miami to a 2-0 win over Real Salt Lake. Austin FC will open up their fourth season in the Capital City tomorrow night when they host Minnesota United at Q2 Stadium. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. Topgun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Oh, yeah. The uh, college football playoff um, expansion conversation. Um, and I think it's way past conversation now. I do think at, at one point they're going to expand it. Um, they were talking about it prior to the announcement of the college, the new college football playoff format. I think the only question now is when they lock it in, like you said, for 10 years, are they going to go to 14 or are they going to go to 16? I think it's just to go to 16 because they're going to end up going there anyway. Why just expand it too when you know you're going to end up going to 16? Just go to 16 and have that be locked in for your long-term 10-year deal, uh, but not obviously not immediately because you still got the 12 team. So maybe go two years of the 12 team, give you time to negotiate a new updated deal with the broadcast networks about the 16-team playoff or whatever you want to do. Give yourself time to get that settled. Then you just go to 16. Don't because you're 14. You're gonna go if you go for going to 14. You're gonna go to 16. We're we're value sizing society. You're going to 16. Just do it. 
It's going to happen. Yeah. I know people don't like it. I know some people, they're, they're traditional. And I understand that. That argument, I think we're pa- we, we passed that argument when we got to 12. For those who didn't want the expanded playoff anyway. You admit we – come on, guys. That Pandora's box was already open once we got to 12. So, might as well, if you, now you want to expand it, and I said it yesterday, they're going to expand it, just go to 16. And then we can be done with this for a few years, and then teams can start – building, you know, and, you know, game planning and really structuring their path to the college football playoff based on, hey, it's 16, and this is the format for the 16. And I think, because as I said, the 12 team, we know it's four automatic, five automatic bids for conference champions and then seven at large. Uh, If they go to 14, it would be five automatic bids for conference champions and uh, and nine at large. Uh, but only the top two would get buys. I would guess if you go to 16, you'd go to 11 automatic bids with the five automatics, or five automatics and then 11 at large, and then all four of the top four would again get buys. So you could, the math would work yeah, out. Yeah, the math still works out, yeah. Yeah, uh, which would, uh, and look, I mean, here's the argument that, that's going to be made in these, because, again, it's the conference commissioners. Yep. I mean, the commissioner of the SEC, Greg Sankey, who's the most powerful person in college sports, Period. is going to say, y'all, our fourth-place team in the SEC is better than your conference champion, okay? Uh, Ole Miss or whoever is better than your conference champion. This is true. Again, this is subjective. That's why we play it on the field. Yeah. Um, you know, you're, it, our third or fourth or fifth-best team is better than your conference champion. Mm-hmm. That's so true. So we need more teams in yep. if we're going to have an equitable thing. Big Ten saying the same thing, even though, I don't know, once you get past Ohio State and Michigan. But now uh, Big Ten has added USC Washington, and Washington yeah, and Oregon. Exactly. So, yeah. so that's the argument for 16, yeah. that we, if you're going to include the best teams, and now that we have these power conferences who are going to beat up on one another, uh, it makes the conference season compelling because you, you're trying to play mm-hmm. to get in. But we need more seats if you're going to – push for equality as far as every conference gets a, gets a representative. There you go. That's the argument. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I'm fine with 12. I agree with you that because of money and extra games and extra seats at the table, uh, you know, 16 is not with, with not 16 is definitely a possibility and a strong yeah. one at that. Uh, I'm fine. I'm fine with 12, 14 or 16. I'm, I, I would yeah. be fine if they stay at 12. Yeah. Once you get, once you, once you have, you know, come to grips with the 12, then the 16 is not, you know, it's not that excessive. Now, some people still did, never wanted 12, and I get that. If you never wanted 12, I understand that. But once they opened the Pandora's box of 12, we, like I said yesterday, before the report came out, they were they were thinking about expansion. It's just with the projections with how much money they were going to make and with how the what the ratings were going to be, you know they were going to want more of that. That's just that's <laughs> capitalism. Yeah. Uh, so I just I, I, I think ultimately instead of when it goes to 14, then they like that 14 and they start talking about, oh, man, that was so successful. Why don't we go to 16? Just go to 16 now and then cut it off and say, hey, this is going to be it for the next 10 years. We'll start at 12 and we're just going to go straight from 12 to 16. We'll go 12 to 14 and then to 16. It's like, no, 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 just go from 12 and then – Go to gradually make your way to 16 after you negotiate your new deal with the TV networks. And like you said, maybe you want to add some streaming stuff in there. I mean, hell, the NFL's got the model. Trust me, you can – if you want to, it's crazy. But, hell, I want to say they, the NFL just got $150 million from Amazon Yeah. for that one playoff game. Yeah. For one playoff game, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm not saying that college is going to do that, but it just lets you know what those networks are willing to pay, streaming services, just to get some live sports on there. Well, and, you know, if they, if they were to go to the 16, to your suggestion uh, or argument, uh, again, I, I think you would flip back to four buys 
for the conference champions, highest mm-hmm. ranked conference champions. Then you would have six games on the first weekend. You know, five plays 16, six plays 15, seven plays 14, eight plays 13, yeah. nine plays 12, and ten plays 11, all on the higher rate, ranked team's home field. Yeah, so nice. you got six games on that first weekend. Um, yeah. And then you would whittle back down to quarterfinals, semifinals, national championship beyond that uh, for the teams that didn't play on the first weekend. So, again, much like the argument for the 12-team, there's a reward for being the best team all year, which yeah. is you win your conference championship and you get a week off. Yep. Uh, well, you don't have to play that first weekend uh, to get ready. And so you only have to win three games still to win a national championship, uh, whereas the anybody that's between five and 16 would have to win four, four games. Four games, yeah. Including Notre Dame, by the way. Yeah. Well, <laughs> right about that. You forgot all about Notre Dame. So you'd end up – because you'd play in your conference championship, so you'd end up 17 games. No? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. If you played out, if, if you, you play, if you came out of the non-buy round. Yes, yes. If you, you yes. played on the first round, you could end up with 17 games. Because you're going to end up playing. And if you're a runner-up, basically, in that championship game, you're going to end up playing 17 games. And to the folks yeah. who I know we're going to get the Texas, this is ruining college football. Too it's many watering games. it down. Too many teams. It's too much like pro football. Look, to your point of just to start this, that argument's over, y'all. This is, semi, this is yeah. college professional football. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. It's been trending that way for a long, long time. You know, again, I'm, I'm old enough to remember when we had two – the top two teams couldn't even play each other because they were locked into bowl matchups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they couldn't even – we'd have to settle it with votes oh. and oh, those hi- kind of things. Hypotheticals. Look, I know there are people yeah. out there listening who still favor that. Oh, yeah. That was fine. Uh, but this – again, the, every other sports league in the world has a tournament at the end of their season. And the only sport that yeah. didn't do it was college football. And I know there are the, those out there that says, well, that's what made it unique. But, you know, with the popularity, it's the second most popular sport in this country behind NFL football. Um, it's going to have a tournament. And if you're going to have a tournament, the debate is how many yep. and how do you do it. Yeah. Um, so what's the criteria? How's the money divvied up? And then, you know, who's going to manage this whole thing? You know? Yeah. And every every major pro sports league, I don't know, maybe MLS has it. I, don't know, I haven't said it. But most of them have, have expanded their playoffs. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of people think the MLS has too many teams. Okay, so there you go. It's so too easy. Yeah, yeah. In the NFL, but they were every recently, right? We've seen this in the last, you know, eight to ten years. All these leagues have expanded their playoffs because the new entertainment ecosystem, to your it calls for, you know, those games are more valuable because eyeballs, appointment viewing, it's just the way – I mean, it, I just told you they'll, uh, Amazon paid $150 million for one playoff game. I would say this, Rod, <laughs> and, uh, you know, that no, no one's going to take tape money off the table. But to your point about 17 games for a team that maybe could win a national title, I would be okay much like with, you know – Shrinking the preseason, right? If you want to, let's just play two oh, non. Let's just play two non-conference games. Big. Oh, okay. Instead of four, and then there are three. If you're playing nine games, let's play three non two non-conference games in September, and then let's get Start the conference. the conference play because the conference so is getting conference bigger. Are bigger. Yeah, yeah. So let's get and you. You have more. You know, you can go to nine or ten conference games. That's not if bad. If there are more opportunities for playoffs, so you you shrink the kind of like in the NFL, you would call it the preseason. Yeah. You shrink that. Um, you could still have some great intersectional mat- matchups in September. Texas-Michigan this year jumps to mind. That's a good point. And then, you know, shrink that to, to play more conference games or just shrink the total number of games before the conference championship game. Yeah. Take out those cupcakes that y'all playing because we're talking about the separation of the have yes. and have nots anyway. I don't need to play directional schools. Yeah, exactly. Like, just don't well, even we're play playing them. big boy football now. We yeah. don't need playing, yeah. you know, Southwest Louisiana School of the of – the, of the, I'm uh, with you. That's a, that's a great point. Now, that is a good conversation to have. Well, now you're, you're just getting better football. Yeah, you just get better. The product's just getting better and better. See, that's, that's, what, that's what the broadcast networks want. That's what they want. They just want marquee as many marquee games as they can get. And they're getting more of them with the consolidation 
of college football because you're having all these big brands now, Oregon and Washington and USC moving to the Big Ten. So Big Ten's going to have more of those marquee matchups between big brands. SEC will also have more of those with Texas and Oklahoma coming in. That's what the broadcast networks want. And your idea of taking away one of them cupcakes from the lower level at the in the non-con, so that you have fewer, you're going to have fewer games when you look at the overall path to a championship. But those fewer games will be better products overall, marquee matchups with bigger brands. That's ultimately what the TV networks want to pay for. That's what they're willing to pay for. That's why the contracts are getting as bloated and they're ballooning the way they are, because uh, that's what they that's what they want. That's why you'll pay more for those playoff games. And, and yes, that's going to be pretty much a, it's not going to be a pay-per-view, but you're going to have to get subscriptions to these streaming services because the NFL, they're not done putting some of these playoff games in streaming services. If they're going to be paying that kind of money. They are, they're exactly. They're going to be paying upwards of 150 to $200 million per game. The NFL is going to have more, sorry, more stream playoff games. It's happening. It's okay. Uh, it's all right. Don't interesting. Take a deep breath. <sighs> It'll, it's it's going to be okay. It <laughs> <laughs> it's just too easy. Um, this says, sad that we will go to a 16-team playoff and Coach Leach won't be here to see it. That is true. Ah, that is a great point. Well, look, I mean, it, this is yeah. kind of the NFL model, right? Getting rid of – NFL is always big on getting rid of, like, plays that don't matter, games that don't matter. You know, we want our every all of our content to matter. Yep. Right? I mean, so what, what would this get eliminate, essentially? This would eliminate, potentially, bad early season September games that are just, mm-hmm. you know, gates for the home team yep. um, and a paycheck for the road team. Or, or eliminates probably wrong, but minimize. You're also at the end of the year going to get rid of these meaningless ball games that don't matter. I mean, oh yeah, because you could still have some ball Good games, point. but you know, Not exhibition games. Yeah, that's that's yeah. bad TV, man. Yeah, it is. Nothing's on the line. <laughs> yeah, what's on the line here? Especially with What's NIL and, yeah. and portals and everything. Guys opting out and everything. Yeah. So You're this right. re- this replaces those with games that matter. That is in true. December. You're right. Games of import. And you could still have big bowls because, again, the, the quarterfinals and semifinals are going are gonna, to, you know, funnel into the traditional Rose Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, yeah. Sugar Bowl. Those, right. those will be the sites for point. The, 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 third, the second and third round games ahead of the championship game. You still so, have a few exhibition. You still have bowl exhibition games like that. But you're right. Now and now exhibition games are, are becoming less and less valuable because they don't matter. And they don't even matter. The players are even telling you they don't matter because the players are opting out of them. Well, I always used to argue, <laughs> and I think I was right, that why were there 40 bowl games? Because ESPN wanted a TV program during the holiday. They want a TV show during the holidays. Yeah, they did. And a community wants to you know, raise some money and, and get you know advertisers and whatnot. It was it was it was it was marketing, um, but the games themselves, is, you know, they used to. But let's get packed, let's get into the into the now. Yeah. Um, so you get better football in December. You get better football, football in September. Yeah, I was gonna say you get better football early and late. And now you're playing college football into mid January. I, I love that idea actually, but that's gonna happen. That's a true separation to have that match. You don't even have association really with those lower level schools anymore. And, you know, those, those low-level schools love that because that's a payday for them. Hell, they'll try to support some of their athletic programs. Yeah, no just doubt. To get that. So I, I know they're going to miss that part of it, but this is now the free market has hit college sports and college football, and that y'all know what that does. Y'all know what, what capitalism does when it, <laughs> when it takes hold of something. <laughs> All right, it wants to monetize as much of it as it can, and then that, the product will be catered to what the fans want, what the viewers want, and the viewers want more games that matter. All right, good stuff. Here. Somebody said, yeah, Mike Leach said go to 64 games like everybody else. Yeah, he wants to go to – yeah, because what is the division two? Is it 24? What is the, well, I mean, the lower we, level? Well, I mean, again, to, to Mike Leach's math. But 
Um, you know, yeah, he wanted he wanted like a, oh, he wanted like the basketball well, they, tournament basically. But you know, they go sixty four in basketball because there's three hundred and thirty Division yeah, One basketball yeah, yeah, yeah. team. Yeah. Um, you know, in this one, you know, there's there's you know, at this point, there's seventy college football teams that matter, right? They're playing. Yep. I shouldn't say that because that's going to make people mad. But really, we know we're going with the halves and halves. Twenty eight teams. It was uh, for the Division Two football championship. Okay. It was twenty eighteen. I think they expanded to twenty eight teams in twenty sixteen. I think that's where they are now. I'm with you. You know, 14, 16, 12, it's all kind of the same thing. Just, uh, you know, yeah. a couple of added teams, and they'd be from the Big Ten or the SEC, <laughs> most likely. <laughs> That's exactly which, right. Which, which, <laughs> those are good teams, right? I mean, those are good programs. Yeah. I don't want – I'm watching. All right, we'll be back. Uh, hook them up with Ian Rod B. We'll be at the turn coming up. Also, Rod will take us behind the burnt orange curtain. Got to hear from Vic Schaefer coming up. Vic was not happy after a win last night, let's safe to say. Uh, took it up with E and Rod B. We had a crash reported on the westbound side of Highway 71 near Toll 130. We were suspicious of this, and sure enough, uh, an injury crash cropped up on the board. But just as it did, the delay started to ease, and now it's uh, off the board. So good news there heading toward Bergstrom from the east side. It uh, looks like you're not going to be in too much of a backup. little residual delay. Southbound I-35 out of Round Rock all the way to North Austin, though. Still very, very slow. I haven't seen many crashes today, unlike yesterday when we had several. Uh, but, again, this is just going to be volume, we expect. Riverside at Burton, we've got a crash there. Southbound Toll 130 at Greg Maynard Road. Now, this could cause a delay for you. We've got some good news in Maynard, uh, north of New Sweden Church Road, up along FM 973. That crash has cleared. I'm Don Miller. That's traffic. Hey, what's up, folks? I'm Tom Longhorn. Rod Babers here. Yes, traffic can be a bit of a pain. <laughs> Let's be honest about it. You, a lot of you out there are miserable sitting in traffic right now. But if you're sitting in traffic in a car that you love, in a car uh, that brings you joy, in a car that you enjoy, then you're probably not as miserable in traffic. And Apple Leasing can do that for you. A lot of you out there, you want a new car. You've been thinking about that new car smell. You've been eyeing that perfect car for you and your family and for your lifestyle. But you don't want to put in... Uh, the work, right? Doing the price shopping, comparing all the different prices, vetting the dealers and the vetting the dealerships, vetting the salespeople, going down the rabbit hole, researching the different vehicles, uh, making sure that your lease, right, is a is a good lease, something that you can get out of and get into a better lease. Those are all questions, concerns. Those are all uh, headaches, essentially, for you uh, that you don't really want to deal with. And that's where Apple Leasing comes in. You want someone who's going to advocate for you, that's going to be on your side, help you navigate this car market market and the car industry right now and that's what Apple Leasing does. They've been doing it for almost four decades. What you do is pretty simple. You reach out to Apple Leasing, one phone call, one phone call or one click on Apple Leasing's website and you'll get a quote on any make or model vehicle that you want. You let them know the price you want to pay, the, 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 the payment plan that you like to be on, or specifications about the color. Do, do you want a truck? Do you want an SUV? Do you want a uh, sedan? What kind of car it is? Uh, you let them know exactly what kind of lease you're already in. They can get you from a bad lease or they can get you into a better lease. Uh, they have what they call a simple interest easy lease that makes things, well, simple and easy for you, uh, taking the stress and the headache out of the process for you, giving you lots of flexibility so that you have possibilities which are going to help you find the vehicle that fits you best, but more importantly, the vehicle that fits your budget best. Apple Leasing gets all the same discounts and all the same incentives that the dealers do, except my friends at Apple Leasing, they like to pass those savings on to you, the customer. So reach out to them today at 512 346 Seven seven. That's five one two three four six nine nine seven seven. Well, they know that time is money, and they're gonna save you both. They're gonna save you time, save you money, and find you tremendous value. Everything is overpriced these days, so that's why leasing makes more sense than ever. You're only paying for the part of the car you're actually using. So what are you waiting for? Give Apple Leasing a call five one two three four six nine nine seven seven, or visit AppleLeasing.com. That's AppleLeasing.com. <laughs> 
Sunny days are ahead as Ironworkers Local 482 Union is hiring 3,000 people right now for a huge new project. Maximize your potential today by applying at ironworkers482.org. That's ironworkers482.org. Listen up, everybody. Is 2024 your year to move? Are you finally ready to upgrade to that dream home? Maybe it's that brand new fancy construction one that has everything. Well, trust me, without a proper plan, that dream can quickly turn into a nightmare. Uh -huh. How often have you heard about construction delays, ever-changing move-in dates, the moving of the goalposts? Well, you won't deal with any of that with Orchard's Move First, Sell Later program. That's right. With Move First, Sell Later from Orchard, you can remain in your current home until your brand new home is already move-in ready. Then Orchard is going to roll in and handle every detail of selling your old home. That's right. Orchard will orchestrate the listing prep, handle showings, even provide price-boosting upgrades without you lifting a finger. Oh, let me mention this, too. Unlike those lowball home-buying businesses with Orchard, you'll never have to choose between a fast sale and getting top dollar for your old home. Orchard's Move First, Sell Later program is really the hassle-free way to buy a new construction home before you sell your old home. Make 2024 the year you finally buy and build that brand-new dream home. Visit Orchard.com to get your free home valuation. That's Orchard.com, O-R-C-H-A-R-D.com, Orchard.com, the smartest way. To buy new construction is Orchard. I'm all right. Nobody but about me. Why you got to give me a fight? Can't you just let it be? I'm all right. At the Turn is presented by Callahan's General Store. Helping to keep your yard in golf course condition year-round for 45 years. It's always a good day to make it a Callahan's Day. Certainly is. Callahan's General Store. Get on over there. It's going to be almost 80 degrees today. So uh, yard maintenance is the key. Get ready for the spring. It's going to feel like it today, no doubt. Callahan's General Store every day. A good day to make it a Callahan's day. Uh, golf ride this weekend. Mexico Open at Vedanta. They're in Puerto Vallarta. Probably pretty uh, apropos on National Margarita Day. Margarita. They've already teed off uh, early round action at uh, the Mexico Open. Like Not the most stellar field. I see Tony Finau's in the field and some others. mentions there's some, you know, uh, the Cootie brothers from the Longhorns, uh, Jonathan Vegas playing in this event this weekend. Uh, um, the big names will come back in the Florida swing starting next week in golf. But uh, speaking of big names, Rod, let me uh, – I want to play this Johnny Manziel sound for you before uh, in at the turn. That's wild. Because uh, – but before I do that, because Johnny Manziel was on Shannon Sharp's podcast making some uh, – you know, I don't, I don't even know. He's back in the news. He's putting himself Club back. Sh in Club Shay? Is that what it's called? He, Club Shay? What's something like that? Club Shay Shay. Club Shay Shay. Yeah, Shay -Shay. Shannon Sharp's podcast called Club Shay Club Shay. Shay. Come on Shay. into Club Shay Shay. Yeah. Uh, so, but, so he made some headlines. We'll let you hear those here coming up. But first, I want to let you hear Vic Schaefer. We love Vic Schaefer. Longhorns women's basketball team is playing in the top five in the country right now. They're in second place in the Big 12, tied with K-State right behind Oklahoma. They beat, K they beat Texas Tech last night, 77-72, but it was a hard-fought win. And uh, Texas Tech, not a good team this year. They come in under 500. And uh, listen to Vic Schaefer after he's, he's, he's always candid. Here's what he thought about his team's performance last night. Lucky. That's all I can tell you. We're lucky to get out of here um, with a win. There's nothing else to really explain it other than luck. Vic, you used the word luck a few times in your opening statement. Can you dive deeper into why you think luck played a factor for your team tonight? Yeah, I mean, we played a team that was tougher than us, played harder than us, um, you know, attacked better than us tonight. We won the game, um, but... Um, you know, we're lucky we aren't learning the hard lesson tonight with a loss. In my mind, we deserve to lose. We didn't honor the game tonight. We didn't play hard. We were out there playing cool, going half tail. You know, that's not us. That's not my teams. That's not how we practice or prepare. And um, it just, it really bothers me. 
in my mind, we didn't earn the victory tonight. I think every right, there we go. There's uh, there's old Vic. <laughs> Vic has, uh, I mean, he's got really high standards, uh, and man, he wants to make sure that they they play to that standard. And this is a team. I I heard him talking the other day describing the loss of Rory Harmon, who uh, who's kind of taking on a coaching role with the team, which is really cool. Um, that basically it was equivalent to them having to give their team a, a triple bypass <laughs> or a quadruple bypass. He said, turns out we had a strong heart. We just had to go in there and rewire some things uh, without – or I mean, basically it was like we had a heart attack and we had to go in there and rewire some things. But turns out we got a strong heartbeat as a team, um, and that's what that's what we're showing right now is that we got a strong heartbeat after we recovered. And it was It was great. It was a great analogy. Um, but he's got high standards. Failure is not an option with Vic Schaefer. Well, he, he doesn't give a damn what the reason is. Losing your best player, that's that's not a justification for, for failure in his mind. <laughs> you love him as a coach, man. That's, uh, the, that's not, kind of the uh, – He's one of the guest motivators on the Fort Acres. I mean, pregame 100%. speech. I mean, who, who would give a better pregame speech than Vic Schaefer? I don't think anybody. I don't know about him on the Fort Acres can touch him in that regard, man. No, he's half time speech. <laughs> oh, he's, just, he's very genuine. Yeah, he, he is. As you said, he has a high bar. And if you don't meet it, I'm gonna. And he, he, you know, he went on to blame himself. He said, "You know, this is on me. I, I might have to give Chris oh, McCarthy yeah. some money back." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to give him. He's a cut funny. Of my Eddie's funny. That's the best thing about him. He is too. so genuine. Yeah. Okay, uh, one other. Speaking of genuine, uh, before we go to Rod's uh, behind the burn orange curtain, let me let me play this Johnny Manziel. Uh, you can you know have a listen. He's talking with Shannon Sharp about back in 2014, um, and a, apparently a conversation between his father and Kevin Sumlin. Listen to uh, Johnny Football. Relationship anymore with him anymore. We'll reach out and talk like here and there, maybe once a year, mm -hmm. but not like I have the relationship with my other coaches. And, you know, my gut instinct and feel is, and I know this because of instances that happened when I left. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm leaving to go to the draft. And I'll paint a picture for you. It's 2000, the spring of. 2014, December 2013, right in there about December, January, I'm getting ready to make this decision on if I'm going to the NFL draft or I'm going to stay. And I found this out five years later from my dad. But my dad went and had a meeting with Kevin Sumlin and pretty much went to him man to man and was like, we'll take three million bucks and we'll stay for the next two years. And my dad says this is true as, as today as he did when he told me. He left. He did the same thing that he did when Cliff Kingsbury asked him to be the highest paid offensive coordinator the year before. And Cliff would have stayed with me another year and we would have ran it back and right. gone for another one. Right. But he comes to someone, he asks him for X amount, someone, pfft. he had this ego about him that what we built, we, was all him. Right. And then you start that next year, okay? I leave, decide to go to the NFL. This deal doesn't work. Kevin Sumlin kind of blows us off. We can do this without you type of vibe, okay? So the fall comes around, 2014 A&M football season. Kenny Hill is named our starting quarterback. We win our first five games of the year. We're 5-0. and We're top 10 in the country. I ain't getting no love in the program. Yeah, because I'm thinking, I, I remember hearing it, and they right, talk about go. There's Johnny, uh, Johnny Manziel. Who, uh, uh, we'll play the end of that later, but uh, he basically says, yeah, I mean, well, that's the way it used to be done in college football, guys. We wow. got bag men, and uh, everyone yeah. was getting money, and my dad said $3 million is the number. And if we're going to come back and not take the NFL money, we need some money to, in case of injury. But uh, $3 million? Yeah, I mean, Johnny at the time, I mean, that's no doubt the economic impact of Johnny Manziel on that campus 
It's worth more than $3 million. Yes, it was. You know that. And, and when he says run it, run it back and go get what was, was another Heisman, I would imagine. He and yes. Cliff Kingsbury. That's what he was talking about. And obviously Cliff went off to Texas Tech and Johnny Mansell went off to the NFL. And uh, neither did great. Uh, but at the same time, he's kind of shade to it. Because that started with him talking about, well, why don't you talk to Kevin Sumlin very much anymore? Yeah. Or do you keep up with Kevin Sumlin? And I Sumlin? think Not he really. was trying to make Kevin Sumlin look bad. But I don't necessarily think that story made Kevin Sumlin look bad. And not at all. Well, there'd right? be some Aggie fans say, "Wait a second, you could for three well, million you're right. bucks maybe, under the maybe, table." You're right, maybe for the Aggies, you're right. Maybe Aggies will be upset about that story. That like, they come on, man, you couldn't come up with three million. It was yeah. up, you know, one of those rich boosters saying you didn't, you didn't even come ask. <laughs> That's true. I mean, yeah, I guess you're supposed to ask to see if somebody would be willing to pay it. Would it have changed the trajectory of the A&M program? Would it? Would it? Would it be that much different if Johnny had stayed around? Two more years? We'll let the Aggies weigh in on that. Four, four, seven, three, seven, seven, six. I'm trying to think. I got to go look at their record. It did. I mean, there was a. They, they did. The program did f- fall off after Johnny left. There no was question a, about yeah, that. Yeah, that was a drop off. But was it just him? Because a lot of coaches left too, and Cliff left because he got the job at Texas Tech, and Jake Spavins um, all moved on. Yeah, yeah. So a lot I of people wonder, got paid out of that. A lot deal. of people got paid. All right, and they built a, a brand new stadium. How's that Johnny built? How's that Johnny built? How's that Johnny built, man? Probably was worth that bag, but that was illegal. So forget Kevin someone putting his foot down, saying, "No, we're not doing that." He wasn't the only one that I mean that was getting them bags back then. Remember I that did. Cam Newton story from back in the day? I that know. was a that was a night. That was was that his dad? Yeah. Hey, can we uh, sure. wrap up at the turn and get behind the burn orange curtain? That's at the turn. Brought to you by Callahan's General Store. At the turn is presented by Callahan's General Store, helping to keep your yard in golf course condition year round for forty five years it's always a good day to make it a callahan's day and they were all asking themselves the same question what is behind that curtain all right i actually want to get to uh lance zerline's nfl.com draft rankings uh lance zerline does great work he's a draft analyst for nfl.com um he also does work down there in H-Town, too, in Houston, um, on the radio down there in Houston. I believe he's with 790, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but either way, Lance Erline, go check him out, Lance, Lance Erline, in the Twitterverse. Uh, for NFL.com, though, every year he does his draft scouting profiles, and they change week after week, depending on how, what information he gets, right? So after the combine, they'll change a little bit after pro days, um, after interviews and uh, individual workouts, that kind of stuff. So basically he adjusts them real time. And he ranks all the different uh, positions, ranks all the players. He gives them his grade, his grading system. So everybody gets a grade. He has not really opened up about the methodology and the formula for the grade, but he does tell you what the grade means. And he grades players regardless of position. Um, So his highest graded player is actually a wide receiver. Um, and he actually has <laughs> he has uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Malik Neighbors as kind of the two highest graded players uh, in the draft, and his grades are supposed to translate to here is his grading system. He says if a guy's a 5.6 around there, then he's an undrafted. He projects to be an undrafted free agent or practice squad guy. 5.8 is a replaceable backup and back in roster all the way up to a seven, a seven score for him is a pro bowler, good shot at being an all-pro, um, 6.7 or 6.8 pro bowl caliber player, excellent starter. That's where the, the scores break down. And so, of course, the Longhorns are the ones that I was particularly interested in. Uh, the highest-rated Longhorn for Lance Zerline is Byron Murphy. 
Uh, he's got Byron Murphy at a 6.48, which would project to be a good NFL starter. Uh, and he's got Tavondre Sweat also in that same area. So both those guys projected by him to be good NFL starters. Like that's kind of their their ceiling. I'm sure they can exceed that ceiling, but that's what he's got him at right now. He's got the third long, third highest rated Longhorn on his overall draft scouting profiles as Jonathan Brooks. Uh, with a 6.38, he's got he got him as the top running back. He's got Byron Murphy as the top D tackle. He's got Tavondre Sweat as the second highest rated D tackle. He's got Jonathan Brooks as the highest rated running back. And remember, we said I told you guys I haven't seen a draft ranking. I've not seen a big board. I have not seen a positional ranking without Jonathan Brooks as the top running back. Almost, it is pretty close to being a consensus. I guess I, I haven't seen one where he's not. I'm talking about Daniel Jeremiah, Pro Football Focus, Lance Zerline, Mel Kuyper, Matt Miller, everybody. And it's crazy. He's coming off an injury. And still, based on the film, they still everybody's got him as running back one. Now, maybe it's a, a weak running back class. That could be the case, too. Uh, I think this is really impressive by Jonathan Brooks to, for what he put on film. And we'll talk more about that as we get closer to the combine because his interviews and medical evaluations are going to be important. He's probably – not probably. He's definitely not going to test. Uh, but he's got Jonathan Brooks and JT Sanders with the same grade. And strangely enough, yeah, I mean, it, that to me is a little surprise. He's got both those guys the same grade. So he's really high on Jonathan Brooks. And he's not the only one. I mean, like I said, everybody across the board pretty much has Jonathan Brooks as their top running back, even with the injury. Um, So give props to that. But he's got JT Sanders also up there really high. And I want to say that he's got JT Sanders – Potentially, I'm gonna go look because he's he's got yeah he's got him as his second tight end. He's got him right behind Brock Bowers as his uh, second tight end off the board. And he's got him overall as the um, basically second round uh, on the borderline of being a first round guy uh, right there. But he's got to, he's got both of those guys, Jonathan Brooks and J T. Sanders, uh, with the same score. Uh, he's also got uh, A D. He's He's, he's pushed the receivers down a little bit for Texas. He's got A.D. Mitchell as a 6.37 uh, on his scoring ranking. He's got Xavier Worthy with a 6.1. Um, and he's got those guys as the fifth and sixth highest rated Longhorns on his board, which is a little surprising. A.D. Mitchell is usually a lot higher than that. A lot of people have him as the second or the third highest rated prospect for the Longhorns coming out. He's pushed the receivers down. Remember, we played the sound yesterday of Matt Miller, who says he thinks Xavier Wood is going to be a first-round pick. He's got him mocked in the first round. He's got A.D. Mitchell mocked in the second round. Dan Jeremiah's played his mock draft, has got A.D. Mitchell in the uh, the first round as a receiver. Um, but he's got him as wide receiver number seven. He's got Xavier Worthy as the 17. He's not an Xavier Worthy fan. I think that's pretty obvious. He's got him at a 6.17 grade. Uh, he's got him as a receiver deep down on that receiver list. It is a deep wide receiver draft. I don't think it's that deep. I think Xavier Worthy will be drafted higher than that. Um, he's got Christian Jones um, as the – remember, this is a deep tackle draft too. Um, he's got Christian Jones uh, at 5.95, 7th, the highest rated Longhorn coming out. Uh, then he's got Ryan Watts. Uh, actually, he's got Ryan Watts at like a 5.8. He's got Ryan Watts around the same score as Jalen Ford. Um, Jalen Ford, he's got as uh, right, right around there at 5.82. Um, and then there's Jordan Whittington. I think it's the last ranked uh, or rated prospect for him. He does not have Keelan Robinson rated, I don't believe, uh, in this 
draft profile. And maybe he will afterwards. Remember, they, they update real time when he gets more information and he changes his mind about certain prospects. So there you go. That's Lance Zerline's overall draft scouting profile, uh, and that's the Longhorns that he has ranked um, and projected uh, on his overall big board for the scouting profiles. Love me some Lance Zerline. Yeah, uh, good, good, good stuff work. right there. Yeah, and Jonathan Brooks, man. Someone they love Jonathan. That, that'll Brooks. be one of the fast. I mean, so many subplots for these Longhorns of where they get grabbed. But uh, you know, with everybody, if everybody has him as the number one back, you know, everybody. it's really going to be about the medical. How is the knee healing? I mean, what do the what do the doctors say? How quickly? And this is a player. If you have him as the number one back, you're not going to rush him back. I mean, uh, yeah, you know. But but if you're the Cowboys, for example, with pick 56 of the second round, do they have that luxury then? Well, that then you'd have to address it in free agency. That's why you got to figure out yeah. your DAC thing. You could bring in a veteran running back, Good. and then draft the you know on, on a short term deal. Yeah, and then draft yeah. the best back in the draft for the future. But also maybe by middle of next year, he's a big factor for your team. Uh, and of course, he's from Hallettsville. He's state of Texas. That kind of thing. Uh, interesting. Uh, and he, you know, we'll see. We'll see where that goes. Uh, yeah, the luxury. We, well, it depends on because they can't do it right now. They, they got to fill offensive line. Yeah, they got. Guess what I said? I wonder if it's another team. You know that that has that luxury. I mean, Kansas City could have that kind of luxury. Yeah. And they look at right. They look at Pacheco down line and be like, Yeah, Pacheco, he's good for now, but we don't want to pay for running back. <laughs> Let's go get that guy. Luxury. Let him sit for a year, and then he'll be our starting running back. For we'll the, get running. We'll get a. We'll get the top running back on the board for a year. draft. And we pick. <laughs> we, and we're picked right? thirty-one, thirty-two. So right? we're never going to be able to draft the number one player at a position like yeah, that. Yeah. So just trade down, get into the second round. So you think he'll drop, get some value for him, and then draft the run, number one running back on well, the board. But he's not on that first year. You know Ooh. that that first round draft pick rookie deal. Either. Exactly. Half the man. You know Brett Veach will do that. Watch out for that one, though. That's yeah. that might be it. But they need a run. They need a wide receiver. But it's a deep wide receiver draft. You can get one. Hell, the way that Lance Zerline saying Xavier Worthy gonna be there for you late in the second round anyway yeah trade back up and get them yeah and uh free agency they're gonna be good good receivers oh, available in that market yeah, as well all right we'll be back uh, when we do that's uh behind the boc we'll go off the record stories that you probably missed but you need to hear on this national margarita day well, again, a crash cropped up here on the eastbound, or if you will, southbound side of 183 headed toward Lamar. It's still on the board, but it looks like they are clearing that one up. And another one not too far from there. Southbound frontage, I-35 at Runberg, a crash. Now, the main lanes do not appear to be affected by the wreck, but certainly are by the volume here coming out of Round Rock uh, toward that area on the interstate southbound. Still very, very slow. As we pointed out, westbound Highway 71 headed toward the airport from Toll 130. Had some uh, backups because of a crash earlier, but that appears uh, to have cleared. So excellent news there. Uh, we're checking 620 at Deerbrook Trail. That's an injury wreck. Riverside at Burton, another crash. Uh, that is a minor one. Southbound Toll 130 and Greg Maynard Road. Uh, we are dealing with a wreck there, though not seeing a huge backup. I'm Don Bitter. That's traffic. Here we go, Viking Fence, the premier fence company in Austin, Texas. They're going to bring you off the record here in a moment. And uh, on the record, Viking Fence is the uh, best damn fence company in all of Texas. And that is uh, really undisputed because uh, you can do your research, uh, do that deep dive Rod Babers research, you'll find. Uh, not There won't be another fence company you'll find all over Texas that has their own on-site cedar mill, their own on-site custom iron workshop. You know, with that cedar mill, they have their own brand of lumber. Like, they don't go to the box store or the lumber yard. Uh, to, they don't bring it in from the outside. They mill it right there in their own on-site mill, trucked in on rail cars uh, for their own brand of lumber, the Big Tex brand, three different grades of the Western Red Cedar. They then pre-stain that uh, Red Cedar for that beautiful uh, look and, and a long-lasting uh, finish. That's what it's about. That's how they the attention to detail. No one else has that. No one else has the experience Viking Fence has. They've been doing this since 1972. 
Uh, still locally owned and operated by the most experienced crews, the most experienced estimators, just um, the quality control team. It's front to back. It's why they put the longest warranties on any fence project that they put their stamp on uh, at a Viking Fence. 837-6411, phone number 837-6411. Find them online at vikingfence.com. And always remember, throughout the great state and certainly in Austin, when you think fence uh, in Austin and across the state, always think Viking. Hi, I'm Jenny Covert. At Covert Chevrolet in Bastrop, it's all about family. We're family owned and operated, and you'll always find a Covert on the showroom floor. We're forever grateful for your business. And that's why from sales to service to service after the sale, we'll do whatever it takes to earn and keep your business. Our customers are our family too. Come see what over 2 million customers already know. Covert Chevrolet, Highway 71 in Bastrop, covertbastrop.com. Find new roads. Callahan's General Store. Since 1978 and still locally owned and family operated, winter is here, colder days are ahead, and Callahan's has what you need to protect those precious pipes. Stop on by, get your faucet covers, spigot drips, insulation, and advice from the best people in town. When it comes to freeze protection, you'll be glad you made it a Callahan's day. In these cooler months, while grass is dormant, winterizing your landscape should remain at the top of your lawn care list. Callahan's General Store has winter grass and ground seed covers, as well as all the necessary pre-emergence to keep those unwanted weeds away. Stop on by and make it a Callahan's day. The Horn text line has moved. Join the conversation on the new Horn text line, 512-447-3776. That's 512-447-3776. Off the Record on Hook Em Up with Ian Rod B is brought to you by Viking Fence. When you think fences, think Viking Fence. D.D. Mega Doo I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well I don't get a break my head cold. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Yeah, National Margarita Day, National Chili Day. We've determined this morning that Rod likes his margaritas frozen. Ty oh, prefers them over on ice and on the rocks. Oh yeah. And I'm not a I'm not a tequila fan. I do like a high end tequila if I can sip on it, but I don't do I typically do vodka soda or something along those lines. Um, love tequila. You are a tequila guy. I love tequila, man. I had a bad experience. Tequila was not my friend in a college spring break event. Yeah, you gotta know how to treat her now. You gotta treat her right. If you don't treat her right, she'll do you dirty. She will. She will do you I dirty. Probably, even the smell of it still kind of. Oh, yeah. This is Thirty years later. Oh, you have a bad experience with tequila. You, 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 you won't go back to it. You own it. Yeah, and you, it's permanently. I don't know about that. Your, <laughs> Ty, Ty's a tie up. You go back to it all the time, Ty. There was a yeah. I had a tequila drinking contest senior year of high school. That okay. Well, and it it ended terribly, but I, I still it's still my favorite liquor. There you go. Okay. Uh, ties, ties a little different. There you go. Well, it's hard to get away left. from here in Texas. It is. I, mine was spring break in Galveston, Texas, over uh, a, a bad March. And mm-hmm. that was tequila with then chasing it with Bud Lights and too many and not a good day. Oh, a- amateur move. Yeah, amateur move. Come on, man. Rookie mistake Rookie there. mistake big yeah, time. Come on, Hey, um, in addition to that, it's National Chili Day. I'll ask you guys this. Is, is chili better in a bowl or is it actually better as a topping like on – Chili cheese fries or a, or, a, or a chili dog? Oh, 
I'm a, I'm a t- I like Frito Pies, though. Ooh, yeah, Frito Pie. Is it better as just uh, a, a standalone dish, or is it better as a topping on something else? That is a great question, because on a Frito Pie, the right chili is magnifico. That's fantastic. Um, that's the only thing I really eat it on, though. I don't eat it on hot dogs. Hot dog, I kind of just like my mustard on my hot dog. But, uh, you know, I, mean, I don't like chili on there. I don't like to get too, because I don't like I don't to get all that. messy. I like chili as a topping more than I like chili as chili. I don't like. I don't and like, I like chili as chili. I just like it better as a topping. I love chili as chili, but I don't want to get chili on my bread because chili gets my bread all soggy. I don't oh, like soggy bread. I like that. You like soggy bread? Yeah. So if you like the uh. if you like the uh, Frito pie, you know Doc's backyard down there with my buddy Charles. Ooh. They got that Frito that pan Frito pie like in the old oh, old man. iron pan. That's fantastic. Metal pan. That's 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 hitting the spot right there. Ty, what are you? Are you rather have a bowl of chili or a topping of chili? I don't really like chili. Okay. There you go. I don't like that's beans. Right. Like if it has beans in it, I won't eat it. Yeah, that's right. You're on that hill. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, I can see that. I guess that I've had good chili with beans. I've had good chili without. I just beans. don't like beans in general. Well, you won't. You, you won't like, like this, but uh, no, no, no bushes beans. No, uh, texture. Oh, disgusting. What's the restaurant wow. that was down on Sixth Street that used to have? Because you don't like soggy bread, so you weren't going to like this. I don't like but soggy bread. But they would bread. actually get a, like a lo- like a like a like a loaf of bread, and they'd hollow it out in the middle and then they would put it's like a, a circle loaf like loaf would look like a bowl then they take out the bread and they would they would dump the chili in it and you eat the chili out of the bowl and then you can eat the bread oh i have heard of this i have i don't know what place you're talking about but i, I and it was damn good yeah i think i've heard of that before though and that does sound if you're like trying a, to cut carbs you, you don't eat that i would say yeah you, you, <laughs> you like bread which a lot of people do my wife loves just eating bread and that you I'm trying to remember the that. name of that restaurant that had it, it was really good and that the chili was good, good and then so you could eat the chili and then you eat the bread yeah, so you that's get, not bad. Fill you up. There's some cheese, there's some cheese in there. Cheese, oh, maybe some. Man, jalapenos. Uh huh. Yeah. I like that. It's not bad. That's now that's hearty. That's hearty. You're talking about that's your, a cold weather your, dish. It's, your mama wants to do something hearty. That's hearty, man. That is hearty. That'll fill you up. Uh, all right, what do you have, Rod? And off the record, on the, by the way, 44 years ago today, the Miracle on Ice. Do you believe in miracles? U.S. USA. Oh, that's USA. A, and that's a damn good movie about damn that. Damn good movie. Uh, was Kurt Russell plays the miracle? The, yep. the, the coach. Oh man, that is a that's a quality sports film right there. 100. percent Talking about sports films, that's up there with one of the the best sports films I think I've ever seen. Get get you all emotional. Um, okay, let's uh, get into a little off the record. How about this one? The Caleb Williams. Plans to enter the NFL without an agent. He learned from Lamar Jackson. Apparently, Caleb Williams is going to – he got this from Pro Football Talk. He's going to enter the NFL without an agent, doing it by himself. Will this become more of a thing in the NFL? Uh, well, you know, he knows where he's going. Well, he's not negotiating anything. You're slotted already with your slot. Yeah, You're going to make gonna money the based pick. on – That pick's already – It's that. already gone. Yeah, you know that. What, so what's the agent going to negotiate for you? Man, you need a publicist so you can go get some of them endorsement deals, but he's probably got a lot of that already from. He's got a team. He's got different, yes, from NIL, right? From his NIL days. So carry over that. And you can always find, you know, contract advice. I mean, you can, you just, you don't have to have an agent. You just go talk to a contract lawyer. Yeah. If you have a question about something, I mean, that's not hard to do. Yeah, I'm fine with it. He said they've confirmed that Williams has not hired an agent and he apparently does not plan to do so. Now, Lamar Jackson negotiated the biggest. Deal at the time, uh, you know, for well, really for any player, uh, when he negotiated his own deal, I think his mom actually got the agent fee. I think she was technically the agent that negotiated, but he did not hire an agent to negotiate his deal and end up winning the MVP and has a top five well, look, contract. I mean, so if you're, I would argue this. I mean, if you're Caleb Williams and you're the consensus one-one, no problem. I mean, but you know, sometimes especially going to the combine, you do want an agent to kind of. Lobby your guy, you know, talk to you know, talk uh, talk up your your player and those kind of things. I don't know how much that helps when you're talking to GMs and league personnel, but 
you know, that every the, little bit helps. Little advocate. Yeah. But yeah, when you're one one, I mean, if you're Marvin Harrison Jr. or Malik Neighbors or Caleb or Drake May, you may not need one either. You may not need one. Yeah. May Guys like Rod B. Jabroni's like Rod B. Yeah. You need one. Jacks like Rod B. Because especially if you end up dropping to the point where you got to be an undrafted free agent and then you got to pick and choose where you want to go, you definitely need an agent yeah, well, to help you navigate those I think of, uh, you know, I think of the Longhorn guys we talk about all the time. I mean, Jonathan Brooks' agent needs to do a good job of selling how this surgery went, yep. you know, how you know, the medicals can look at it, but they can't see inside there right now. Um, you know, the, the Xavier Worthy agent saying, hey, look, man, those, that, that, that second year, those were drops. He had a broken hand, y'all. I mean, he, he can tell you that, but you got an agent pushing that, yep. pushing that narrative. Keep hey, pushing it. Make sure you, uh, you go back stuff. and look at that freshman tape and his, his, the, yep. you know, this year's tape. I agree with that. That's good stuff. Hey, this says McAllister's has a chili bowl like you're talking about. Chili bowl. Texas Chili Parlor. Rock solid on National Chili Day. Uh, topping of chili is my preference over bowl. Thank you. This says Hay City Store. Frito pie with house-made pickled Ooh, jalapenos. Hard I bet to beat. that is a good ch- Frito pie. Hey, you know what else is right. good? Hay City is. Uh, Hay City is right. They do these the chili cheese fries with their I've queso. I think I've had those. Oh, man. Yeah. That's, like, that's like. Oh, man. Can't do it very often. Everything in moderation, right? You know what? I think I might make a reservation at Hayes this weekend. <laughs> you are. I think I convinced myself, and you convinced me too. That's a done deal. That's happening. Rock solid. That's 